Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what it is already, man. It's Mr. Activator. Welcome to the Activator Podcast. Uh, last one for the year, baby. Um, you know what's crazy is that I sit down and I think about 2018. 2018 was an incredible year, right? When I look back and go, man, what the f- did I do all this time? And um, shout out to the podcast because the podcast get to put me in a certain timeline and I get to go back and realize, oh, shit, I remember what I was doing at this point. Uh, damn, what was I thinking about when I put out this episode and I get to review? And to be honest with you, man, I am forever grateful, regardless of what the end result of overall what 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 this is that I'm trying to do um just looking back in in the year and some change now I'm like man we came a long way so I I sat there and I and I, and I was going through uh, episodes and I was like what would summarize the year in about 10 episodes which is hard because I feel like every episode that I personally do is my personal favorite and then and how and I was going through it and I also didn't want to look at the numbers as far as which episode did good uh, versus which one didn't do so well. I mean, not even do it didn't do good, but like in terms of numbers. So I didn't want to put it as far as number. I just want to look back and go, man, what was my favorite conversation? What was the conversation where I took a lot more from um, before I sat down with this individual? What was pivotal episode that I put out uh, that really set my mind on a different kind of space or whatever it is so i sat down and then i was like you know what? i'm gonna pick top 10 top 10 in 2018 it's gonna be hard because i think up until december the last episode that i put out december of last year was episode 10 uh, so now we have 40 today marks number 40 uh, outside of the part one part two obviously so a little bit over 40 but i'm looking back and i go man that's a lot and i gotta pick only 10 so here it is, man. I'm going to share with y'all, um, from my personal perspective, uh, top 10 of my conversations uh, that I had in 2018. Uh, you know, for all those that have been listening to and this might be a little review, uh, or maybe it's something that you forgot and then listening to it brings you back to a certain place. And shout out to all the Loon Nistlers. If this today is your first time listening in, uh, you get to, you know, the review before the big test. Not like there's a test, but uh, at least you get to get a bit of, you know, an overall perspective of what the year was like in terms of podcasts. I mean, we talk about anything. I mean, the range varies. Uh, but hands down, these are definitely my top 10 of the year. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... All right, so coming up, the first one is number, uh, this is episode 11. This is the first episode that I released at the top of the year. And shout out to, I want to give a big shout out to Sarah and Nisa for pulling up on a podcast. And you know, crazy thing is when I'm looking, when I'm listening back to it, um, the sound quality is a little bit off and things like that. You could tell I've been working and I've definitely improved. And that that is that is one of my... Um, Number one pet peeve is that, like, when I like to listen to podcasts, I like the shit that sound great. And you can tell from the early top of the year that I was struggling with that a little bit, uh, but I've definitely gotten better. Um, so I was looking, listening back to it, I was like, damn, why is this shit echoing, whatever it is. So I, I just want to apologize uh, a little bit in advance, <laughs> okay? Uh, but hopefully you get to enjoy that. So uh, Sarah and Anissa pulled up on a podcast. Um, it's called New Year, New Me. Um, and we talked about essentially around the uh this is around the time when h&m decided to put out some monkey in the jungle uh sweater or whatever it was so uh and we got into um, 
talks of capitalism and, and what that does to our society. Now, this is, um, of course, a top 10. So if you want to go back and listen to the full episode, please go ahead. Uh, this is actually great. When I listened back to it, I was like, damn, we really talk about some things like we know what we're talking about. Uh, but shout out to them, too, for pulling up. Uh, so coming up at number 10, uh, this is episode 11, uh, New Year, New Me. Enjoy. But capitalism brands. feeds on people's ego. Yeah. It feeds on insecurity. So it's taking the some of our most pervasive and our most like our weak spots and exacerbating them and and using them against us but and i think the way that you work your way out of the system is i don't think we can i don't think we can physically liberate ourselves from the system because it's become such a global right issue but i think that like mentally we can mentally emotionally spiritually we can and we do that by asking ourselves and i'm not saying i'm i'd be hypocrite to say that you, you know don't shop or well, this is gonna be a really good segue don't shop or don't like don't buy things and th- th- that's hypocritical to say i think right. i would feel like a hypocrite to say that i don't think that that's accessible to a lot of us but i think it's about understanding why you do what you do and what are the repercussions of what you're doing and are you willing to pay that price so for example um recently i watched a documentary it's on netflix everybody should watch it about the true it's called the true cost and it was about the sweatshops um, in Bangladesh. I think this particular documentary, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. It was a couple months ago that yeah, I Yeah, y'all do your own research, okay? We can only give you the name, okay? Yeah, Check it's on Netflix. Facts. It's right yeah, there. Yeah. So, But it was, it was. Um, I mean, we all know these. Like, I knew this before, but I think putting a face to what's happening in these places. And, yeah. and if you're... Um, and and meeting the women that work in these places, the conditions that they work in, and and all these kinds of things really makes you think about like, is this thing that I'm purchasing for five bucks, ten bucks, fifteen bucks, twenty bucks, thirty bucks, or whatever, worth it? And I, I mean, as a believer in energy and energy being transferred through how we treat other people, but also through through things. Like if a woman is working on my garment, and she is depressed and she's angry and she's all these things those emotions carry through on that and then I carry that you know what I mean and then and then how do I allow myself to do that like human to human to allow this thing to so that I can wear this thing to allow another person to feel that way basically so I feel like again it's not I don't think I'm, I'm not saying write it all off I don't think that many of us are at that place where we can write off shopping altogether. But I think it is about really understanding why am I making these purchases and being a little bit more mindful about why we do what we do and maybe trying to make better decisions. Perfect segue to the whole H&M situation. I mean, I was off H&M. <laughs> Damn, you just go and eat up. Like, you, didn't, you didn't give us no I'm heads up. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens when you hang around me for a couple of podcasts, now yeah. you're a professional? <laughs> no, I like that. So, I mean, we, we, we'll get right into it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, me, personally, when I, look, when, I, when I saw the picture, and... Mm. Honestly, if you're listening to us right now, you don't know what H&M did. You under you don't live in North America, yeah. probably. But if you are, you will understand. But if not, just do your research. They posted a picture of a young man, a uh, young black male, man, whatever, 
um, with a sweater that says King of the Jungle. Coolest no. monkey in the jungle. Oh, see? <laughs> That's like, how much coolest... I think it's also important to note that there was a little white boy standing beside him as well, and he was wearing another sweat- sweatshirt with another script on it. But that was and after they when they... No, but that no. was after when they put it. But I think on the page, it wasn't... No, no, but it was for the same ad campaign. Yeah. It was for the same campaign. So, yeah, yeah, no, it was, yeah. It was the same campaign, so they could have easily... Worn different switch yeah. to sweaters, but I mean, okay. Because for the me, little for white me. boy sweater said something like the the king, the, the survival, survival something, sur- something. But I mean, okay, let's let's break this down. For me, right, when I saw that, I wasn't offended, right? Maybe I'm disconnected in many ways, right? <laughs> but I, that's the honest truth. When I seen, it, I was like, okay, what are we mad about now? And um, you know, and I and I and I like, I'm not angry. That they, no, I shouldn't say that. Not that I'm not angry, but the image didn't, it didn't offend me. But when you when you think about it, like okay, this is the only thing I'm angry about is bro, y'all really let it go through the photo. Like I'm trying to think, was he wearing that sweater or was that photoshopped on after? Right? Because it's it like for somebody to sit there have this on, right? You do the whole photo shoot, you right? You have the creative director, and then you, you have go the back, you edit the picture. Yeah. Then you make a decision, we're going to put it on the website. And I'm sure as big as H&M is, somebody probably vet through the website, okay, these pictures will be live tomorrow. You go through all of these steps, <laughs> and you still and yeah. find a way for it to get there. I want First of all, I want to know what country these people are living in. Because I'm sure it's not in North the America. States. They got to be... I don't need. I think they, the fo- the photo shoot is. I'm it happened sure. in the U.S. I'm pretty sure. I don't because H and M is so glow. I don't know. Like it's like you know, if you go to China, you see the same logo that you would hear. Just like here, for example, if you go to the Tim Horton, Tim Horton is our franchise owned. Though even though the name is Tim Horton, but if a franchisee decide not to to put roaches in there, it's not. It doesn't reflect on the whole brand per se. It might reflect of that individual that runs that particular coffee shop. But like I said, initially, I wasn't offended. But I was just like, damn it, man. Like, I can't... Like, how do you even say... Like, you know what I mean? H&M is... I I, I stopped shopping at H&M, not because of this, but uh, Forever 21, just cheaper. You know what I mean? <laughs> Online, you got the T, $3.99. talked about the whole cheap thing. There's a reason it's cheaper. Oh, really? I thought it's because it goes on sale. Slave shop. <laughs> Slave shop. <laughs> but... Give me your perspective when you... We're going to start with Sarah. When you first saw it or saw what was going on around it, did you feel anything? Yeah, people are dumb. Like, it's so... (laughs) I think it's like... I think it's that whole idea of... Because I I had... um, Anissa had shared um, uh, a write-up about what the mom had said. Yeah, but that that came that that came out today. Well, let me me say it. So the child's mom had said, you know, it's it's um, she doesn't feel like it's an issue or whatever. That's not like I don't think that that's that's like um, anything wrong with what she said. Like, do you feel like she's? I feel like that's not even a conversation. I feel like the bigger conversation is um, H and M is a huge company, Mm -hmm. and with huge power like that comes huge responsibility. So you as it an entity as a company have to be more socially responsible that you don't you you have the money you have the you you have the people if you you have 
we have the internet we have the knowledge like that type of stuff like you were saying like it shouldn't get to a point where it gets public where are you even putting that type of a sweater on that child <laughs> and putting that out like advertising that like I'm thinking that, that you don't think they photoshopped it because all their pictures look nah, the same because it's the, the same pose no? she would have said that yeah she would have said it she was well aware she was aware but I don't even so somebody think like, really fucked up I, a I lot think it's, of people in, in plain English somebody really no really, it's really not that it's not even that it's that nobody wanted to say anything like I'm sure people were aware they just they nobody, just let it go yeah or yeah yeah they just let it go. But I mean, uh, um, this is according to my inside sources, because right now I got inside sources everywhere. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine works for H&M here in Toronto. So the first thing I, you know, of course, I'm trying to make a joke out of the situation. I was like, yo, so when you quitting, <laughs> you supposed to be real woke. What's up? So when you going to hand in your resignation? Like, you know, obviously that's extreme, but I was just trying to. I don't know. I don't, um, think, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Really, you wouldn't you wouldn't work. Listen, I boycotted H and M. Okay, when I saw the documentary about where their clothes come from. So That's you would you would quit. I mean, it's tough yeah. to say because I, I would. I don't be put homeless. that on everybody. Would you be homeless? No, no, no. no. I don't. That's what I'm saying. I don't put that on. I don't put that on everybody. Okay, and that's a really no, no. That's no, no. That's what I'm saying. Like to be homeless. Okay, there are other jobs. But this there. person is. This is all they got. Like this okay. is this then, is again, their main not, source. Of I don't income. think that these types of situations. I don't think it's. I don't think it's as easy other as people's that? responsibility to tell other people what to do or how to respond to a situation. Yeah. You have to vet the situation for yourself and see what suits you. Personally, yeah, I would. Quit. Damn. Fuck that. Fuck H&M. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't know about the whole quitting thing. So, uh, so when I, yeah, yeah when that's I did. Like, that's like, that's like, that's like one of the many issues. Like, I, like I said, of mm-hmm. the companies like this. Right? And also, I'm trying to remember, cause what else did she, t- she, so she did tell me, um, and then we also t- spoke about uh, the weekend going yeah, out yeah, to yeah. say, you know, I'm done with which that. Is, which is crazy. Though. Which That's is, big. but she also she she kind of downplayed saying that like, well, his contract was up anyways. So, but you know what artists would typically do if they were gonna say something like to get credit to say something, but then to like not fully be like make a solid statement. Like he might have said something like, oh. Um, until you take this back or until you 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 give like a real apology, yeah. I won't be working with you. Like artists would sort of like walk that line, but he made a statement of I'm no longer ever working with yeah, you. Yeah, but again. when you but when Which you're not that. when you're not space, you can't quit. You got money. You're not really yeah, your yeah, realities yeah. are different exactly. than the rest of us. But again, got... with more power comes more responsibility. You know, and I would yeah. expect somebody like that to have that type of a type of a stuff. I forgot the weekend was really but like I said, she was just saying, well they released his contract and his clothes was trash anyways. <laughs> and I was like, so you just are you really gonna throw shades just I didn't because even know he, he was throwing... working with them. Um, yeah, he did a little whatever. Mm. Um, and secondly, and today I heard that G-Eazy also was like... Yeah, yeah, I heard And that he too. was newly signed. Mm. So I was like, but wait, wait, wait. So now y'all losing G-Eazy too? What's happening? <laughs> and he's just on a come up, so he has like yeah, a lot he to, was, you know, he was, um, he Yeah, know. he made a statement saying, you know, I'm not going to go through. And apparently, like, all his clothes are supposed to come out in soon, like spring or whatever, they are made. So, like, for him saying, I'm quitting, I think that has a bigger financial impact on them especially yeah. because he wasn't like 
the weekend was on his way out, so whatever. Yeah. But he was like the guy that was prepping to be mm-hmm. next. I'm just, um, I'm really and apparently they even like they 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 brought like district managers to come to the store and read an apology to. I've every, seen like three apologies. To every. <laughs> but it wasn't uh, one of them like I'm sorry that you're offended. Like yeah, something like, like real. We're sorry we they didn't no, but these actually genuine. they physically went to the store and apologized to every employee, and then they also offering um, counseling and things like that. I was like, and I was like, damn, yo, they really, <laughs> they really, they really. But how you feel about it? you didn't like the apology at all? No, and I didn't. I didn't see it. I had heard on the radio this morning that it was something along the lines of like, we're sorry we offended you. So it's not like we fucked up. It was like we're sorry you're offended. But guys, in this. Like, there's nothing you say to... Nothing fixes what they did. All right, so that was number 11 of the top 10 of the year. And uh, I kind of messed up on the title, but you know what? I'm way too lazy or whatever it is to go back and re-record it. So the actual title is New Year Better Me, right? Number 11. Uh, Please check it out. Just gave y'all a little bit of 10, 15 minutes, how long that was, just to give you a little bit of insight, what we talked about. And then um, hope you enjoy that little bit of um that podcast now the next one is nothing less one of my dumbest moment in my life entirely uh this is i I like to share these stories just to show y'all how much growth i've uh went through in the past few years um at the time i can't remember i was i was either 23 24 25 uh my memory kind of bad but around those times i was in a relationship and then um, I decided I was going to try to uh, cheat um, by buying a gift for my then-girlfriend and um, for some chick I don't even speak to no more. Um, it was like a buy one, get three free at uh, Body Works or whatever that store was. So I, I just give you a run-through of you know how dumb men are and how stupid we um, we really are, and um, it's a funny story. I was li- I, every time I listen back to, it, I go, man, I can't believe I thought I was gonna get away with it. So, um, yeah, laugh at me, do what you gotta do, but um, definitely this makes the top ten uh, at number nine of the podcast f- for 2018. All right, listen in. The next story, just to prove to y'all how how stupid men are and how stupid I used to be, uh, but I've definitely gotten better. A few years ago, uh, I was I was in a relationship with the with a young lady and um Valentine came around. And I think this might have been maybe not too long. No, actually this was like a year after. So we're in this is going into the first year kind of thing. So Valentine came around, uh the devil took me to the mall, right? I'm very bad at gifts and I always not that I'm bad but I'm I'm like, I know I'm going to do it, and I leave it last minute, and I made a mistake. So if you are in a relationship, please don't wait last minute. So the devil took me to Yorkdale Mall. Uh, if you are familiar with that, in the city of Toronto, there's uh, an incredible mall, which has a lot of stores, like any other mall across North America. So I went in there. So I'm, I'm there scrambling, trying to figure out, okay, well, I'm going to get her. You know what I mean? Um, I was being cheap. I was whatever it was. So I walked past, um, what's it called, bed bath works bed body and works it's a store where they sell a lot of colorful gel and shower gel and shit like that as i'm walking past it i see a big sign buy three get three for free so i got excited i said you mean to tell me i could get six things for the price of one i need to look into this so i'll go into the store young lady right there at the front 
I get up there and, I, and I'm talking to her, and I was like, so what do I get for free? So essentially, you get uh, lotion, uh, shower gel, and a spray. You buy and you pay for three of them, and then you get an extra set for free. And it was like 30 bucks. So essentially, it's $10, $10, whatever it is. I said, good. So now, at the time, I was also doing some dirtbag shit on the side, which I shouldn't have. And at the time, I was in my rapper mode. I was in the studio, so we needed a, a girl to come lay some vocals. We had reached out to some chicks. She hit us for like $500. And I was like, you know what? I know a lot of girls. I'm going to figure this out. I know this one chick the 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 sink. So my dumb ass... Uh, what I really try to do is I try to, like, finesse her, right? I'm trying to tap into her feelings so she comes sing for free. But how do I do that? Mm, maybe if I make her feel special on Valentine's Day, like, telling her, hey, I got you a gift, she might be like, oh, damn, you thought about me. But literally, I know she also finessing, like, 15 other dudes, so it didn't work. Uh, so I got this gift. So I, I told her, I told the lady from the counter, put it in two different bags, <laughs> okay? Put it in two different bags. Let's go to two different people. She probably looked at me like, oh, you're a dirtbag for sure. So um, I put it in my backpack, got on the train, got home. Uh, I think we must have went to the movie. We went out, had dinner or whatever it is, and we come back to, to my spot. And, um, and I go, oh, I got you something. Now, she was happy, right? Because I've, I've not always been this thoughtful dude in the past. So I think it kind of showed that I was making strides, right? I, and, I, and, and I truly tried. And then um, I gave her the gift. She was happy. I mean, it wasn't much, right? It wasn't expensive, nothing like that. But like I said, the thought counts. So this, this, I was in a small bedroom in York University Village. If you're familiar with that area, my whole room and bathroom was like 20 square meters, I mean, everything was on top of each other. So I had my TV and I had a desk. And inside of that desk, I thought I was smart because there's nowhere really to hide it. There was no, like, extra closet or nothing like that. So I had put it in my bag, and I put the bag inside of this closet. So we're going through, you know when you're doing, you're doing shit you're not supposed to do, everything, you're like, you just looking around all nervous. So it started to get to me like, damn, if she sees the other gift, I'm screwed so as I'm going through it, uh, she accidentally kicked. See, God working mistakes. That's what I'm saying, fellas. This is a teachable moment. Please listen to my mistakes. Don't try to lie. And if you're going to lie, not on Valentine's Day. I'm telling you that shit will come back and backfire on you so bad. So back to the story. She was there, and then she kicked the, the iron. Now, inside the iron, there's water. So the water's in the direct area or where the the other gift was. So then I, I panicked. I was like, man, what are you doing? Why are you kicking the thing? Now you got the water all over the place. And then she looked at me like, huh? I'm like, why are you tripping? Is this a big deal? Of course, woman, woman got superpowers. So instinctively, it kicked in like something going on. So, you know, whatever, whatever. So I went to sleep. She didn't go to sleep. See, woman, they, she didn't go to sleep. All I know is when I woke up the next day, I remember it was early because I had to go to work. The first word I was hit with is, Ibu, are you cheating on me? And uh, I'm not going to lie to you, the scariest shit a man could ever hear in his life. We need to talk. 
or are you cheating on me? If you're gonna fuck up your boyfriends and and ladies, if you're listening to this, give it a try. Whether you're having issues or not, text your boyfriend right now. I, and I promise you, text him right now. Hey, babe, we need to talk. I promise you, that nigga gonna lose sleep, hundred percent. So that being said, when she hit me with that, you know, I, first of all, I woke up, and this is the first question that I get hit with instantly. That didn't even need to drink coffee. I was awake right away. Because she looked like she hasn't slept the whole night. And then I go, now I'm, I'm trying to figure out, okay, Ibu, you fucked this one up, but how much does she know? What can I talk myself out of? Because, I mean, allegedly, right, I ain't get caught, like, nothing like that. And at the, at the time, my dumb ass never used to lock my phone. Worst mistake ever. Fellas, if you don't have a passcode on your phone, go put on one right now. I promise you. Not that you're hiding anything, because I wasn't hiding anything. That was the only, there was only a set of messages from which I was guilty of for doing shit I wasn't supposed to do. But at the time, we did have a connection like, yo, I trust you, you trust me, I don't need to lock my phone. And she lied to me because she told me I would never go through your phone. Fellas, don't believe it. If she says she'll never go through your phone, it's a damn lie. Lock your fucking phone, put 16 password, whatever you gotta do. I'm telling you this. It's going to save your relationship. You're going to thank me later. So that being said, so now I'm, I'm like, what you mean? So I'm trying to gauge how much she knows. Uh, yeah, she went through the whole message. Uh, she knew who the girl was. And, you know, women, they got this photographic memory. When they see the name, they can look up the Instagram. They, the, they see the phone number once. And they don't even have to, like, take a picture of it. It just automatically saves in their brain. So there's no whatever, whatever. So she's like... And I found an extra gift. She found everything. So I was just like, okay, cool. So I just lost my girl at the time. So I kind of woke up with the idea that I was going to come back home with my place being empty and me being single. Now, I got to commend her because uh, what she did kind of got me to even start to change my life around in in many ways because, uh, incredibly enough, she wrote me a letter. Now, we didn't speak the whole day. I was gone. I was caught, my dumb ass. And I, I left work. So, I, you know, typical. I was supposed to get text messages saying, we're done, fuck you, you know, all this shit. But I came, when I came back home that night, because I had left her there, there was, a, there was a letter on my desk. Three-page letter. And the first sentence, she wrote in pretty big, font saying do not it's something about don't panic or don't assume make sure you read it all the way to the end something about I'm not breaking up with you something like that so um, so I read the letter now I, I gotta commend her for that at the time even if it was me I would've got out of there but I was very immature in the way that I dealt with things but she forgave me and we we were able I mean we're not together today but we definitely was able to 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 work through that and be better, like it made me better as a person. I'm gonna tell you right now, um, you you start to learn from situations like that. That it takes incredible strength and power. This is why women are way better than we are, because women are very forgiving, and we're just dumbasses always trying to cheat the system. So, the moral of the story is: do not go to Bath Body Works, whatever it's called. 
if they offer you buy one, get three free, don't buy anything to get you another free item because the devil is going to influence you. Even if you don't have side chicks, I promise you, if you get like three gifts, you will be tempted to give it to somebody else other than your significant other. At least for me, that's what it was. And to be honest, I'm so mad because that summer I moved into my roommate. With my roommate, we moved into another apartment, and he stole my gift. He probably went to give it to his side chicks, too. He knows what I'm talking about. So he stole the damn gift. So at the end of it all, what did I gain from this? Uh, I spent money. I, I lied and got... Yo, so that was my little story about Valentine. Um, That was episode number 15. So please check it out. If you like, if you laughed at my story, whatever it is, if you enjoyed it. Like I'm saying, these are just clips and bits about some of my favorite moments on 2018 as far as the podcast is concerned. So if you really want to hear more, it's there on SoundCloud, iTunes, um, wherever you listen to podcasts from. Now, the next episode that I'm going to get into is number 18. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. This is probably, this should have been number one. In my mind, because every time I'm talking about an incredible story, that made me change my perspective. Right? This is definitely one of them. Now, I know I'm saying top 10 or whatever it is, but this is, uh, this list could be reshuffled and go from two to one. So don't get so stuck on as far as the number is concerned, but uh, definitely uh, this is um, one of the great, greater episodes that I recorded. This comes from my man, um, Mr. Shades. So the story behind it is me and Shade went to school together. We were in college together. And then it's crazy because he used to wear shades all the time. And I thought I was crazy. I thought I was weird. I said, yo, why this guy always got shades on? And uh, But he broke it down to me in a way that, like, I was like, damn, I never gave it a thought like that. So I don't want to spoil it for you. I will play a little teaser of the conversation we had. But if you do have to check out any episode for the year, this is definitely... One to check out. So um, coming up at number three, uh, number 18. I, I'm going to need to stop saying these numbers because shit is getting confusing, even for me. But uh, this is episode 18, Clear Leaders in Quality, featuring my boy Shade. Listen up. You stood out because you were unique in your own ways. Nobody else did that. I'm talking about, like, whether it was rain. Like, he wasn't putting the shades on because it was sunny outside. That was nah. that was the brand at the time. Ex- I- I'm curious to know, how did you come up with that? Like, what inspired you to even start wearing shades everywhere? Like, inside, outside? Oh, man. It's, <laughs> this, this one's a deep one, you know what I mean? It just... I guess we all see things, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. I guess for me at that point, I was seeing too much. And I felt like the only way to see a little less of what's really happening was to wear some dark sunglasses, you know what I mean? Real shit. It was real, man. I mean, at the time, I guess 2005, year of the gun, uh, like, like I lost a lot of my friends and shit that year, you know what I mean? And I felt like I felt like I was still seeing these guys, just you know, like on a daily and night, day, they would just pop up. Like, oh God. So I mean, started wearing the shades, man, and trust me, it was it was a good I say seven years straight. 
shades day and night, all day, all night. You know what I mean? Wow. Uh, I mean, uh, interesting. Now that you say that, like it's it's like I said, I keep going back to it because uh, I can see how easily people write you off in society when you're not conforming to what the norm is. For real. So you wearing your shade, and and now that you tell me that is due to obviously a traumatic experience that you've had uh, as far as losing your friends. Yeah. Um, I can't even imagine to think what that what that feels like, but what. Give us a little bit, like, what, what what neighborhood in Toronto did you grow up in and, and, and things like that? Well, I mean, um, I grew up in, on Western Road, Western Road in Eglinton area. Shout out to Western Road, by the way. Yeah, I mean, West, Black Creek, we in the building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, there would be anywhere between Jane and Eglinton on Western Road. Um, went to Portage Middle School right. back in the days, you know what I mean? And then... From there, just York Memo. So it was really around the Western Road, Eglinton, Keelan, Eglinton section. So, I mean, like, I had a lot of friends from, like, York Square okay. and, like, Western Road side. You know what I mean? So. And, like, I mean, I can't... I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Like, how bad was... How uh, let's Let's just put it in broader perspective. How bad is gun violence in Toronto, um, if you can compare it to what it was then till now. Because oh. I've also... Um, and the reason why I'm saying that, like, I, I lived I lived at, the, at Black Creek for just a year uh, when we first moved to Toronto. So that's that was my introduction to Toronto. And I went to Western Collegiate, um, which I've made... And, and from, from living... From just living there for a year... I've made maybe a good solid two, three guys from that area that I really considered to be friends and actually my brothers. Yeah. And I was only there for a year, so it's, it's, it's a uh, as bad as you know society or, or or whatever make it seem. What these areas are, it's really like live real people living through like some of the realest shit ever. You know what I mean? So I've I've personally, I mean, I almost got stabbed once. <laughs> Oh, Which is, crazy, it, I mean, it's light work, and I, I even talk about it in my second episode. If you have not heard it, yeah. you should go listen to it. But and I, and and at that point, uh, lucky for me, I was able to make uh, the adjustment as if you know what, if this is what it is, I'm not coming around for real to that. But for some of some of the guys that grew up in there, you can't just get up and leave because your family is there, uh, your friends that you know since you were, you know, children are there. Yeah. Um, how did you manage to not get caught up in that? Or, I, I mean, how did you maneuver through that? Well, you know, I was I was always focused in school. Like I I always had that uh, that thing about learning. Like waking up every day, learning something new. Yeah. was 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 real for me. So I always felt like, even though there's so much going on, if I could keep focusing, stay in school. Maybe I won't get diverted into, you know, all of the wrong stuff and all of that. But, you know, product of your environment, sometimes you make it out, sometimes you make it out a little... Yeah, so that was uh, that was me and Shay chopping it up, man. Like I'm saying to y'all, I really, really enjoyed that episode. Um, I just went back and listened to the whole thing again. Uh, so please go check it out, number 18. So 
the next one that I want to talk about, this is a uh, shout out to Daniel. He pulled up on my podcast. He actually reached out to me, hit me up like, y'all want to come on the podcast? And then we came and uh, he was also an artist. So we talked about, um, at the time, I believe that was when Black Panther came out in February-ish. Uh, so I was like, you know what, pull up. We talked, uh, we chopped it up. And uh, incredibly enough, um, Daniel said something that stood out to me at the end. Um which is what I'm going to play. It's very, it's very short and sweet, but uh, just to, sometimes we got to realize that some people see our the greatness in us or, or the greater thing or, or whatever, however y'all want to say. You know what I mean? This is real raw. I don't edit shit, so if I fuck up, you know what? Hey, I'll get better next time. But uh, listen to what uh, Daniel closing statements were uh, when he came on the Activated Podcast. Back. Uh, so you could go and actually have a look at it. Um, this is good, man. This is this is good. I mean, I, I wish you much success, bro. And now, uh, for anything else, if, if you need anything from me, I'm here. You know what I mean? Um, before you go, please give us plug us your Instagram so we know people know where to follow you. All right. First and foremost, you gotta follow this man. Right? You gotta support him. I'm telling you right now. I'm declaring this. This will be one of the biggest biggest podcasts. You ever come across? It's Amen. gonna be the biggest Amen. thing in Toronto. Period. Thank you. Now, to find me, Art of Death, eleven eleven on Instagram. I'm I'm on all social media, but you really want to get in touch with me and check my workout and check out what I do. Instagram is the way to go. Art of Death, eleven eleven, or you could find me at my website if you want to purchase prints and whatnot. Deathart eleven eleven dot com. So D E F A R T eleven eleven dot com. Instagram A R T D E F eleven eleven. Perfect. And now once we once the post goes up, we'll be make sure we'll I'll make sure to include that. Uh, so I know a lot of y'all will not remember it right away, but we'll put that in there and tag you in there. And uh, we just wanna I wanna say thank you, man. Uh, and you heard the man support it. And uh, right. you know we get it big enough, and we're here to empower you know the likes of us and everybody else on the come up. So right. to shut things off, uh, my favorite catchphrase and I've heard some of y'all steal my line but it's cool uh, <laughs> I like to throw a shot before I end it but thanks again for tuning in uh, as always this is the activated podcast and uh, y'all have officially been activated yeah so that was me and Daniel shout out to him in episode 19 Black Panther go and check it out uh, anybody that says that the podcast will be the greatest ever in the city of Toronto of course it's only right that that's part of the highlight of 2018 um, so coming up next my big sis, the reason why the podcast exists, the creator of Activated Podcast Logo. It's only right that I give her a shout and um, get to highlight many of her one millionth hustles. My sister literally started businesses one after another after another, just continue hustling. Uh, so the episode is called Jack of All Hustles. Uh, please make sure to check it out. And just... Uh, at the end of the last episode, I was saying, you know, people stole my line, but people do be stealing my line. I've literally listened to a podcast where the guy stole my closing statement verbatim. It was the weirdest shit. But then again, um, if nobody's copying you, are you really doing something great? Anyways, uh, episode 20, Jack of All Hustle featuring Kibi, my big sis. The reason why the Activated Podcast logo exists. Uh, here you go. To go out and do it. I said, "You shit. What we gotta lose?" <laughs> so, and what essentially pushed me to actually do it is that you created a logo, mm -hmm. and then you sent it to me. 
Right. And I was like, in my head, I'm thinking, shit, man. <laughs> now this shit got to come out because if if you and I didn't create a logo, I just couldn't let the logo go to waste. So I was like, we're going to do it. Uh, we talked about it. And actually, um, probably one of the, I think I talked to you. I think you're the only person I talked to. Well, at the beginning, it was just you and I, been, we've been talking we've about been going it. We've been back you and forth. You sure. So it was just like, should I do it? Should I just wait? Like, I was like, you know what? Just go ahead. What do you got to have to lose? Exactly. So take the risk. As long as you take the risk, you will know what the outcome is. If you don't take any risk, then you don't know if it's going to work or not. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) and and that was the last the last thing. And then um, and then we set everything in motion. But uh, besides that as well, um, the reason I also wanted you to come on is um, I find inspiration in different people that I talk to. And I think that through the conversation today, I'm sure we'll be able to inspire other people in, through the line of work that you do. And actually, my sister is probably one of the first... Uh, see, in my family, we don't have entrepreneurs. <laughs> There's nobody to work for themselves. Not in this particular family, but... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like in our media. So I got, I got... I got I'm about to forget, but I got two siblings. So Kibi's my older sister. Uh, then I have a little brother. So it's four of us. So actually, in the family, you are the first entrepreneur. And when I mean entrepreneur, my sister then tried every, <laughs> <laughs> every damn business she has tried it and i gotta respect it because you don't stop going why do let's even start with the we're gonna start with your makeup line right um which is called it's called Fali cosmetic uh she has amazing following on social media you should go follow it uh and also when we post the episode you'll be able to see it but for those who don't know you particularly explain to them how you came to the name like what does the name come from well, the name Fali is actually my middle name. It's actually Al Falilat, which is a Yoruba name that my great grandfather gave me. So it has like a whole lot of meaning to me um, when I decided to create the business for my cosmetic line because Fali is it's it's unique to me. It's something that I cherish too, cherish too much. And when I lost my great grandfather, it was just like you know the only thing that reminds me of him is the name that he actually gave me so that's why i was able to kind of come up with the fali i cut it off like the alpha lilat it was just like the middle part that i took and i just went with the fali cosmetics okay i mean i i knew it right but (laughs) (laughs) i knew but i mean for people that's actually like listening so that is um that's your middle name that you, you ran with. Right. Uh, but I actually have a very long name. I think I have two middle names in Yoruba, but then I don't really use all of them. So I didn't want to put, like, Kibera Cosmetics or whatever because yeah. people already know me by Kibera. Yeah. But I wanted to make use of those other names that people don't know. Because Al-Falilat, it has a meaning in Yoruba. Just like I have another middle name, like I say, Remy, that has also a meaning. So Remy people know, though, like Remy Ma. 
not that married. <laughs> no. But that, I mean, that, that is a reference for people that listen to because they they going like, what? You know, like the, the Remy that y'all be drinking and getting drunk or whatever. The rapper, no, I don't do none of Which that. Which is funny enough, you did. We all started with like 16 names. I'm down to three. <laughs> and I know sometimes my mom get mad at me about it, but I don't come down like 15. I'm like, bro, I can't have like all these extra, extra names. Like, I started with my great-grandfather's name, my grandpa's name, my dad's name, and my name. I said, bro, I ain't gonna have space when you I have didn't kids. didn't even have space. So I got rid of it. So now I only got my, I got my first and last name and my middle name, who, which I also don't, sometimes I'll forget that I have a middle name. They ask me, like, what's your middle name? I was like, I don't have one. So Glad that's why did. I didn't want to be like you and forget my middle name. So that's why I kind of put them into my businesses <laughs> so that it can remind me that, you know, I have uh, middle names. Because here it's just like the first initial that you use, really. So you kind of kind of forget about it a little bit. Yeah. I, I mean, and your, your middle name sounds better than mine. So um, <laughs> that makes sense that you would use it. Now, the... Talk to me about the makeup thing, right? Because I know back and forth, I'm always roasting girls that wear makeup, and you always come to their defense. But not really, because I think a lot of times you actually agree with me. <laughs> um, but what inspired you? Because, I mean, personally, I think that from when we're looking at it, like people that do makeup now, like you've been doing it for such a long time. But what pushed you to do makeup like what was the because you started doing it before it was like this big thing so I, mm-hmm. I know now it's easy to look at it and see why people want to do it because it's popular it seems like it's mm-hmm. getting a lot of traction but at the time when you had started well when I really decided to start my own cosmetic lines was because um when I had my first my, not my first my second child who is now almost six years old. Badass nephew. <laughs> <laughs> nephew. <is> bad <laughs> as hell. <laughs> and those her kids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so my they get it from me. But anyways, so I was, I went on maternity leave and I am the type of person that really likes to do stuff. I always use my hands. I'm very creative with my hands and very creative when it comes to designing stuff online and things like that. So what I, went on maternity leave for like a whole year I found it very very boring so what I decided to do is okay I gotta you know find something to do I gotta get myself busy so I started looking into makeup then Avon was like you can work from home make money whatever I signed up for Avon that never worked but then I got the inspiration from there and I was like if I'm able to go and try to kill myself because selling Avon it's not easy or selling Mary Kay is not easy because you have to go out there. You have to market. You have to network. You have to sell and be able to hit like certain targets every month. So I was like, if I can do that or if I have to sacrifice and do that for, for somebody, somebody else, yeah. why can't I just sit down and think about something? And that's when I came up with the Fali line. And that was like, like I say, five, six years now. And then I just put my heart and soul into it. I did some researches. And at the beginning, I had no clue on how, how to, to do, do makeup. It, yeah. I didn't even know how to apply foundation. I didn't even know what's the proper uh, way to do it. And now that I'm looking at my picture, I'll be like, well, shoot. Like, I've come a long way. If I'm able to, <laughs> damn, draw if my eyebrows or something, then I'm doing something right. And then I started my YouTube channel. I'll say two, three years ago also, but I have um, 
I start, I'm doing them in French because at that time, there was not a whole lot of French people that do uh, videos, and most of them were not like located in um, in Toronto that I know of that do makeup really right. in French. So I started doing them in French, but then you have kids, you stop, then you go back, that you you know there was no consistency, and then I really stopped. My YouTube channel is just taller right now. I'm trying to revive it, but it's just you know I I picked on certain things like I learned very fast. In anything that I do, I yeah. can look at something like two, three times, and I'm able to do it. Then, you know, it's just went from there, really. Avon kind of gave me the inspiration, and I even told my district manager at that time, I was like, you know what? It's because of you I started my makeup line. It's because of you I'm into this. To because, I'm, I remember yeah. when you were, you were doing it, but now that you're talking about it, like I didn't, like I, I remember you did it for a while, and then you stopped. And, well, uh, basically, I was buying the stuff and then sending them to Africa for people to, <laughs> to <laughs> you know, to but sell. But it's, it's Avon, and isn't that some kind of scam? Because I know people working. Like, how much do people get paid from doing that? And that's what I'm telling you. I started working for my own because you will keep putting in work, putting in your time. You know, explain to me how how does it like? Okay, now I'm an Avon. I sell Avon. Right. How much do I need to sell to to make money? It will take you a while. You will not see the way they, they market it to us. It's like you sign up, you work from home, you have the freedom of making money. But what they don't tell you is probably every Saturday, Sunday, or even sometime when you're free during the week, you have to go either at grocery store to give out flyers or you have to go to uh, events to give out, you know, to to have customers because that's the only way you will be able to bring it. yeah so shout out to my big sis man episode 20 jack of all hustles man make sure please you go ahead and support it and listen to it uh definitely a greater inspiration for me like i'm saying once again without her the podcast doesn't exist or uh we just got a shitty ass logo or whatever it is so thank you uh coming up next um this is this episode was recorded in the greatest state of texas um Went out to Austin, uh, kicking it, and ran into some people. I got put on, and shout out to Danny because she pulled up on a podcast. Uh, we talked for about 16 hours. Uh, a dog almost bit me. But you know what? At the end of the day, this is I do for love. You know what I mean? So, uh, and we, we really got, this is, Danica's probably the, let me see, third or fourth teacher that I spoke to. Um, she's the third on the podcast. Oddly enough, I mean all kind of teachers. Uh, but she really put me on on how America views some of the, like, the gun control, how they believe that the teacher in the classroom should have an AK-47 in case somebody come in there shoot. which is, to me, is crazy enough. Like, we're not thinking about banning guns. We're thinking about, no, we're going to put more guns in so y'all can shoot at each other. Uh, oddly enough, we talk about a lot of things. We even got into relationship all that stuff. Uh, shout out to Danica one again, once again. Um, her blog... Uh, is also available. Please check it out. At, I can't remember everything, right? Uh, but shout out to Danica. If you are listening, I do know that I owe you a mic. Um, and um, when the check clears, I'm sending you a mic. No problem. I, I do. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to make sure I follow through with that promise. Uh, as she is going to start her own podcast, hopefully. We're waiting on it. But whether you do or not, you definitely get a mic, um, you know, for Christmas. Uh, all right. Let's pull up. Um, I think the first <laughs> article that I read was about the gun control and how you don't think teacher, which I also want to speak to you about how teachers should 
you shouldn't arm more tea, which is crazy. America is a crazy place, by the way. Yes, it is. Having moved out of America, every time I come back here, I, was, I always, number one thing, I go, damn, my parents, they was onto something that I didn't know. <laughs> they were. I remember being mad at them for like, what am I going to Canada for? Uh, even in school, like, people used to scare me, like, yo, there's no black people in Canada. You're about to be the first one. That's how much, obviously, <laughs> Americans don't know anything else about anything outside of America. This, this is, is true. Yo, you know people still live in igloos? I said, damn, really? So I was I was mad at my parents for about a year and a half. Wait, but how old were you when you moved to Canada? I was pretty... I was 19, 18, 19. I, I, my last year of high school, I did it in Canada. Yeah, that's why. So most of your friends were from high school. You see, yeah, I mean, I, I went from being a nobody to somebody. I was... I was finally getting the girls. The girls, oh, pay, yeah. I mean, I was, I was, I was in that transition, which is, I mean, I know it sounds, it doesn't sound, but it was like, damn, now I gotta go and restart all of this. I ain't got no chicks out. Yeah, you know I mean, whatever. My, mm-hmm. my mom was very small mm-hmm. at the time, uh, so I was mad at them for that. But now that I look back, now uh, ten years later, because I've been in Canada ten years. Every time I come back to America, it's, it's a weird place to be. Yeah, I must feel bad for people who live here. Yeah. Right. Reason why I do, and this is not, I'm not, it's not even like, but I realize that even Canada is not even like Europe. They got it. In some countries in Europe, they got to figure it out. Whereas in their, it's almost like it's, it's a human to human relationship. It's not Mm. about money. It's not about how much, it's just about quality of life, which, I mean, Mm -hmm. no disrespect, but y'all definitely lack here. No, I agree. Canada a little bit better because for example in the US I think like the most similar thing is everybody I feel like most people work weekends mm-hmm. in Canada when you hear somebody working weekend you're like damn why are you working like it's 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 weird in that sense uh, so to so back to what I was saying like about the article that you wrote or the blog post mm-hmm. uh, what is the name of your blog by the way what's it called I, I, ha- I have it you know what you know what uh, <laughs> I can't even remember the name. The no, the, uh, damn, I'm fucking this up. <clears throat> the not so simple life. Ah, uh, yeah. The not so simple life. I mean, did you come up with that name one day when you were stressed out or you? Yeah, because I figured like, life is my, my life is so like seriously, I'm about to start my own podcast. Yeah. I've been talking about either doing a podcast come or on. like some like Talk TV series about my life and this crazy crap that happens to me and my right. friends where it's just like, yo, this needs to be like on People TV. need to hear about this. Yes. And you know, life is also, like life is not simple. No. In, in general, like for any human, for any person, things are just so much more complicated than you would think, right? You know, simple day-to-day decisions. It's like you always have so much more to think about. Even in, like, one-to-one pers- um, relationships, it's everything is more complicated than it seems. So, And it, was that the inspiration behind it? Yeah. You just got up when they were like, my life is... I don't want to say fucked up, but my life is complicated. Nah, I'm my a- life is crazy. But not in a bad way. It's just crazy. Crazy. In, on a scale to one to ten, how crazy is your life? I mean, right now... My life is kind of crazy. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, right now, my life is probably at an eight. Eight? At eight. Yeah. I mean, I picked up and moved from New York City to Austin in a month. Shit. I mean, for me, like, that's just my personality. That's me. Like, I'm just very, like... I'm kind of like... I caught a flight to, to Texas. I mean... So Austin, it was, I fell asleep three times on the plane, like, damn, we're not there yet? 
<laughs> well, you coming from Toronto? That's even further. Well, no. What are you like an hour from New York City? Flying is an hour and a half. Driving eight hours. Yeah. So I mean, I usually a, knock out. It's three three and a half hours from New York. I think. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you ever fall asleep so long you wake up like damn? We still. I, I mean, I get that sense when I'm going overseas and things like that. But no, that yeah. That's a different. Kind that's of, a different. Maybe that's the thing. I'm like used to like doing like. Eight hours, ten hours. Yeah. That's how you know a flight is long. When you got two meals and the breakfast. Egg, but I love I went to flights. Istanbul. I had two meals and the breakfast. I said, damn. And one time I got mad because I woke up and they missed me. And everybody else like, <laughs> yes, I finished. Yes, that's the one. It's like, wake here. me up. I said, uh, excuse me. Uh, I'm hungry. What's going on? Y'all didn't wake me up. What kind of shit is this? Y'all are racist? Because <laughs> I'm starving. And it was the first meal. I missed the first one. I started panicking. I said, damn. Because from Toronto to Istanbul, uh, 11 hours. I'm like, Damn, y'all not going to feed the black guy? Nah, What's going it's cause, on? Because you look like the terrorist dog that you keep hating. I'm not going to lie. I'm in this house, and there's a, there's a dog. He's a terrorist. He is not a terrorist. He's <laughs> <I'm> sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, uh, I want to talk to you about the, the, the post that you put about the uh, arming teachers. Okay. Do you remember? Yes, that I do remember. <laughs> uh, the, I, I mean, I read it, and I was thinking... And then it, it triggered me to do research. Okay. Because I, I don't like to to be in a world where I don't know what's going on. Like, you, you think that your house is clean. I, I mean, I live in Canada. Everything feels like we love each other. It's lovey-dovey. Everybody from a different place. But I was like, how fucked up are we in Canada? In, especially in Toronto. Because Toronto probably is the most dense. Is that a word? City. We got, like, 7 million people in there. Okay. And, yeah, you can uh, say that. to put that on the scale, like, Canada as a whole has 35 million people. Mm-hmm. You got seven million people living in one area, so it's kind of, kind of crazy. So I was like, "How fucked up are we? Do we have school shooting?" And I looked. I mean, the worst they ever had was 1989 when I was born. So I was like, ah, "Maybe we're good." And per year, like we don't, we, we just don't feel like shooting each other, for whatever reason. And I'm thinking, "Damn, is it because we live a better life?" I was like, "Maybe that, that has could be part of it. That that has something to do with it." Uh, how scary is it for you right now as a teacher? When you look on the news, and there's some crazy motherfucker just show up like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to shoot everybody. I mean, it's kind of scary. About it? Yeah. I mean, I think about it. But it's, it's crazy because, I mean, of course, like my students, I remember my first year teaching, uh, my students were like, if anything were to happen, we know that, you know, Miss L would come back, like, for us. If there was a fire, there was a shooting, like, she'd take a bullet for us. Jeez. You know, and even after like some of the recent events that have happened, you know, I've had discussion with discussions with my students, and you know, they 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 ask me. It's just like you know, if someone were to shoot, like one of the students here would come show up with a gun, like what would you do? It's like I don't think I could actually shoot my student because you're my students, you know. Um, for me, I, I don't I don't know. Like I just I, I have a love for my kids. Right. You know, um, even the fact that I'm calling them my kids is like should should show you like my love for them. And that's any teacher. Like if you are in this job, for the most part, majority of you love your kids. Yeah. You really do love your kids, even the ones who might show up and shoot up the place. Like you know who they are, right? You care about them and you you want the best for them. You know, so for me, it's scary because it's like people treat. Uh, the problem is not... The problem is, yes, gun control. 
it should not be easy for people to get guns, eh? But the second thing is also, like, you have to understand that there is a mental health issue here with these kids. Um, and that is not being addressed, right? Um, I come from the school, of the, the school of thinking that you need to educate the whole child, right? The whole child, mentally, intellectually, you know, all that stuff, what it is that they need. Um, and what that means is that there are some kids who have needs. And as a teacher who has maybe 30-plus kids in her class, right, I can't reach the need of that one student, which is why one of my students actually threw the desk at me because <laughs> I had, like, 28 kids in one classroom. And everyone's raising the, I'm one person, and people are asking me questions. I completely forgot that I was going to go to him to help him with this thing. He got mad at me because he's like, I've been sitting here waiting for you. And... You haven't, you haven't come to help me, you know. So what are we doing to help these kids with their mental health, you know? The school I work in now, we've got one social worker for 400 kids. One social worker for 400 kids, right? She's one person. She can only do so much, you know? And these kids, and then they, they, they create this thing called advisory, where the teacher is in charge of like 20 kids and we're supposed to help them deal with their issues, right? I can't do all of that and be a teacher. Like I can try my best, but there's no. I, like, I'm not, I'm not trained to be a therapist. I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do. I have to refer them to my social worker. My social worker is getting like 20, 30 ref referrals a day, maybe a week, right? That's a lot, that's a lot for one person to handle. So what are we doing? This is, this is the issue where we need to invest in schools. Make it smaller classrooms so we can actually give these kids the attention they need, right? Um, invest in having um, mental health workers in the schools. Because these kids, they deal with a lot of trauma on a daily basis, depending on where they come from, what, they're, they're, what is happening at home, the situations. A lot of times, school is a safe place. Right? But they're dealing with all these emotions. They don't know how to deal with these emotions because they're kids, right? So they need someone to help them. Right. You do that here in, um, in the schools, and maybe they may actually like grow up to be better people. Maybe we won't have these issues, these angry people just coming up shooting schools. You know? It might actually be different if we actually invest properly in the schools. That's, that's my opinion. All right, shout out, big shout out to Danica one more time, man. Thanks for coming through and blessing the podcast. Uh, like I'm saying, we got to get your mic so you could get started on your own. Because uh, I do think you had some interesting thing when I'm when I'm listening back to that conversation, how you know the U.S. views the world, and I know sometimes I get into argument about yo, U.S. is just a shitty country, um, even though I grew up there, kind of thing. But you know, what I mean, it's a different perspective once you live in something and you get to step out and look at it. From the outside looking in, then you realize, oh shit, you know what I mean? I, I feel like most of my shit has been pure luck. So um yeah, that was a good that was a that was a good one. So if you want to check it out, episode twenty one, that was part two. Um we had like a two, three hour conversation, so I broke it up into part one and part two. Uh next one I'm gonna get into, this is episode twenty seven. Uh it's called Good and Ratchet.
featuring my good friend Heavenly uh, and Tasha. Shout out to them. Um, so we went to I went to Heavenly House. We were recording it. Um, as you could tell, if you get to go listen to the full podcast, as you could tell we got drunker and drunker. Um, most incredible thing happened. Um, shout out to Tasha. She literally started to name drop and put people business on the street, which to me was fucking hilarious. Um, so I'm going to play a little bit of a, you know, short formatted clip. Um, the good part, uh, we talk about like they, they, we discuss about them being mothers and motherhood, which was a good side of it. We wanted to get educated with some perspective on that. And then we start name dropping the ratchet shit. You know what I mean? Hit the fan. So this is episode 27, uh, good and ratchet. And, um, yeah, let's get into that. I would really think that she is more of an output because she's more recent. Mm -hmm. But I will say, like, my whole experience of motherhood is a lot different. I had my daughter when I was 18. Yeah. I wasn't even drinking. I wasn't doing anything I wasn't supposed to do. Oh, yeah, no honey, no honey baby kind of thing? No. <laughs> Literally, I was I ain't even get pregnant when they drink. Honey. Nothing. And it's so weird to say, I wasn't doing anything I was supposed to do, but I got pregnant. So obviously, there was a little bit of things I wasn't supposed to do, but right. I had my kid young. So I've been a mother since I was old enough to think for myself, mm -hmm. you know? Wow. And so my experience with it, with it was... Way different than mine. So different. I was, I was 28. So it's yeah. like she was 18, I was 28. She was 18, she never got to experience her 20s. Whereas I got to party the fuck out of my 20s. Well, so so it's safe to say you didn't go through your whole thing? I'm phase? not, I'm, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> no. They're now hit it. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, so have you got to skip your whole face, which everybody. I mean, just in case, fam, listen to this. I plead the fifth. Whether she's like, she's now hitting it. I mean, I'm just saying that I may have went through mine in my early twenties, and I got to like experience travel, experience life a little bit more. Yeah. Not to say that you haven't, no, no, I, but I I'm just saying that, like, to be honest, I respect Heavenly to be a mother at 18 yeah, yeah. because. I'm 30 now, and I'm, I'm, I had my second child a month and a half ago, oh, and wow. it is the hardest... Congratulations. You don't look like Thank you. you have kids at all. I'm hiding it well with Spanx. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. <laughs> it is the hardest thing saying, It looks like you didn't ever... lose any sleep. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, you look Fuck good. Y'all do look good. Yeah, go I'm ahead. just saying it's totally different views. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when I go through like my hard times with motherhood, I literally talked to her and she's just like girl like I've been there I get it but I did have more help because I was younger so I was at my mom's whereas versus me I'm at home by myself yeah, yeah. and my boyfriend's working so it's just me you know like it's but also, nobody no, no. told her to go have two kids back to back. I mean, like, if she asked me my advice. Hey, man, you know what they say about people that have kids back to back? Knock it out one time. But I mean, so I was 28 when I had my daughter, 30 when I had my son. The thing's so good, you can't pull out kind of thing. I'm about to be 31 I mean, and let that next. be your excuse I'm at 40 something. Like, what do you mean, <laughs> things so good you can't pull out? You gotta think about the repercussions. Listen, your leg get weak. You know what I'm saying? My kid's you 11 know, years old and I still think it's about true. how hard it was and then I don't it want was, to do it. It's again. hard. It's hard, but it. No, you can't even. But say getting you pregnant, don't want to like, do it again. It's the not best to cut y'all off, but getting pregnant uh, when you're not, um, when you haven't planned it, is it? I feel like it's is is it a lack of not a lack of trust, but is it stem from trusting your partner that he posted? You know what I'm saying? Like, 
yeah. pull out. Like, the responsibility of protection or pulling out? I mean, let's be clear. Let's. Let, I, I want. I want this to. Yeah, <laughs> to yeah. Be let's, yeah. Let's get yeah, because I have some. Thoughts. Most people, right? The the if you get in a relationship with somebody, I think after a month, y'all y'all not reaching for the condom, which is. I disagree with I that. Really? Comment. Really? Yes. I disagree. Oh. I'm yo yo. Because I'm after a week, I'm not reaching. <laughs> so, 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 so protection all the way through. Um, protection until I feel like I can deal with the repercussions. Really? I don't know. I've not. Uh, okay, that shit sounds good. We we work with like. That. I, I mean, it, I guess it just depends. I really mm -hmm. do think it just depends. But yeah. even when protection does stop, let's say, let's say, because you're not all the way wrong. I think there are some people who also will be like, okay, I trust you. Whatever yeah, messing yeah. with you. No condoms. There is a point where you do get comfortable, regardless. Mm -hmm. um, or marriage. Do do I think? Well, if you're married, you're not worried about pulling out, like you know. But I, I feel know, like but you're worried about continuously having babies. Yeah, but I feel like whose responsibility is it? If it's pulling out, it's obviously the man's responsibility because we don't know when he's coming. Yeah, true. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like, and if you want to put responsibility on both of us, and we just right. make sure we have protection, or there's birth control, or there's something. But pulling out is a hundred percent a man's responsibility. That's yeah. a silly question. <laughs> I don't feel your. So 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 you. But so then therefore you you're trusting that he's gonna do the right thing. But he doesn't always. Well, hence my daughter. I mean, man. I, I, I mean, <laughs> my daughter's father. After we had her, like I could have just like. I, after that, he was pull out champ. What? <laughs> we, we were just like not today. Not today. And, I, but I mean, and you know what? Pull out doesn't always work. I'm just saying. Really? I have a month well, and a half year old laying inside that bed over there. Yeah, I've been pulling out my whole life. Well, you see, the thing is, so I've read. I'm not. Don't quote doesn't me. Always but work. look at Google. Pre cum is the most. It's it's more potent than actual cum. So really? yes, what I hear. So I feel like you guys pull all you want. You're still gonna get pregnant if you're gonna get pregnant because that pre cum is powerful. But Google it. Don't 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 make me look like I'm spreading wrong. Yeah, I mean, I've I've heard, I've heard that. I guess, um, you've heard what? I mean, I've heard that the pre cum thing is 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 pretty lethal and things like that. Um, but you've never, you have no children, so I feel like. Hey man, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also to to be honest with you. Um, why do I have kids? I think it's a mixture of a lot of, not a lot, but like a lot of planning. Like right now, I think I waited too long to have an accident at 29. So if I do have a kid, I feel like it'll be something that I was conscious of. Like See, I'm, I'm also not super I'm, religious, I'm, but I feel like I'm, if you're gonna have kids, God is gonna put kids in your life. Like, yeah, I mean that regardless. too. But like you know, at 19, I definitely like, uh, uh, and I'm gonna share a story with you. Okay. At once, a long time ago. We're not gonna put a date on this, but this, this <laughs> we're not. I gotta do the math. We're not. We're not. We're not gonna do the date set. But to be honest with you, one one night of drinking, um, I had a, met a young lady, uh, fairly recently within that time, and then uh, we came back from the club, and then she looked at me in the eyes and she she challenged me. She goes, I bet you can't get me pregnant. So my dumb ass. <laughs> your stupid ass. <laughs> Go ahead. So I'm like, what? What you mean? I said, what, what's going on? Why can't I? You on the pill? She's like, nah, but 
for the she she trying to explain something. Yeah, that was uh, that was good and ratchet episode twenty seven, man. That was, <laughs> I mean, I be y'all might want to tune in to hear the full story of that. So, um, thanks again to Heavenly and Tasha for coming through, and uh, shout out to Heavenly for always showing support to the podcast. Uh, I love you for that. Now, the next one I'm going to get into is called uh, Chase Your Dream 2.0. It was the 30th episode that I put out. Oddly enough, for this episode, what I did is I listened to the first one I ever recorded, and I give people a better understanding 30 episodes later uh, what it took to even start the podcast and so on. So this was my favorite uh, for sure. Uh, so I want y'all to listen to it. And, uh, yeah, let's get into that. talk about a little bit why I started, why I wanted to do it. But I'm going to give y'all a little bit more insight. So that first episode that you guys heard, I recorded it. That was the third try to the recording. Maybe I talked about it on the podcast before, but if not, just bear with me um, as I'm going through the story. So that was my third attempt because the first one that I did, hated it. So I scrapped it. So I went back. And and before I scrapped, I had sent it um, to some friends that had listened to it prior to that, and then they came back and gave me some feedbacks, and I went back. So instead of, like, trying to edit the the file, I was like, you know what, now nah, I'm going to give it a second try. So I went back and recorded it a second time, and um, I wasn't, I didn't really like it that much, but it had definitely improved. And then, you know, I didn't like it, but that was the episode I was going to put out. So as I'm going through the motion of things, you know, and I got so much attention that week, it was crazy. Like everybody was reposting my video and things like that. So I started to feel the pressure. And this is an important reason why I'm telling you the story because it ties into what I'm about to tell you next. So as the pressure is building up, now I'm like, oh, man, I can't give y'all a half-ass episode. I got to give them something that they can, even if it's not as good as it is now or the way I'm putting them out now, at least you could kind of understand that, like, this thing can only get better from now. So I put out the promo video, and the episode's supposed to come out Friday. So I'm in between, and then Thursday night at 8 p.m., I decided I was going to do a whole new episode, edit and everything else, and be able to put it out for Friday morning. So 8 p.m., I go back, sit down, re-record everything, edit it. And even if you could listen to the first episode, you could kind of, I mean, I could hear, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but you could kind of hear where I, like, chopped off some things and and copy and pasted it, you know what I mean? Like, I definitely could hear it because my, you know, obviously you have a special kind of hearing whenever you, you know, because everything I listen, everything that I do and I listen back to, I'm very critical. Because I'm always looking at, like, oh, man, you could have said this better and that type of stuff. So when I went back, I, you know, I could hear where I edited and things like that. And then, now, where we are today, I really, is little to no editing that happens to the podcast. So what y'all hear is really, like, the whole conversation. And the reason why I'm able to do that is because my delivery and things like that have gotten better. Right? Because this is something that I really take seriously and I continuously practice and um and shout out to have if she listened to it i know we kind of got into a little bit on the podcast that i did with them is that i told them that i would sit there and i would tell myself that on my drive home from work which is about 40 to to which is between 30 to 40 minutes during rush hour i would challenge myself to talk about whatever topic in my mind whatever it is random shit 
talk about it the whole time from the time I leave until the time that I park in my driveway. So what that does is that helps me having the the knack to develop an idea and to really talk about things to make sense without like losing my train of thought or without hitting the wall to like you get to the point where you don't know what to talk about. Because I think for a lot of people, and this is not to take away from uh, the art of emceeing and hosting and things like that, that is really a skill within itself. That's why, you know, big up to anybody that's emceeing or MCs or whatever it is, that is that is really a special skill. Because a lot of people got stage fright, like you get on there um, and then you just scare and then or you freeze up. So I think not to underestimate what people do, it's like this is how I prep for that. So when I'm listening to it or today when I'm talking to episode 30, I could definitely, you know what I mean? You could tell where improvement has happened, where it needs to improve and things like that. And then so when I listen to it, these are things that I was picking up on. Now, I tell you that because 30 episodes in, right, where we are today, three things that I took away from the first episode that still applies today, and because now there's a little bit more listeners tuning in, I want to remind that for those of y'all have not listened to the first one, this is your first one today. I also want to let you know about what happened then that's important today and that will continue to be important for me as I move forward with doing a podcast and that sort of stuff. So the one thing that's very important in anything that you want to accomplish in life, and I'm not going to regurgitate what, you know, I'm not going to continue to repeat what seems like, you know, everybody, oh, do this, do that, you got to work hard, but three points that I took away from the first episode. Stay the course and continue to do the work. Meaning some episode would do great. Some will not do as good. The ones that you have expectation on don't come out the way you want. The one that you don't expect people to listen to is the one people really listen to. So what you got to say to yourself in whatever you do, in whatever aspect, this applies to everything. Stay the course and continue to do the work. Why Why that is important is because the opportunity at some point in time will come and knock on the door and be like, hey, I'm here. What you about to do? All right, so that was uh, Chase Your Dream 2.0, uh, episode 30. Please go take a listen to it. Uh, definitely, I, I broke down the, the aspect of, of, obviously, Chase Your Dream, um, self-giving, but give it a listen. Um, you get to learn a little bit, um, a little deeper insight into what it took to even record my first ever podcast episode to where we are there so you could backtrack and and have fun with it definitely one of my episodes that stands out for me for 2018 the next one we got to get into is definitely it's another one you know i thought this shit was gonna be easy but this is harder than i could ever imagine because as i'm going through i'm like no but i won't put this but i like i'm saying i got two more to share with y'all but if you're still listening i still want you to go Give it a shot, man. The title might not stand out, but give it a listen. Uh, the next one I'm about to talk to is called Activated Therapy. This is episode 36. Technically, it's supposed to be 35, but I was drunk or whatever it was. I skipped a whole number. Uh, but then again, I've been giving you a part one, part two. So we could be 42. We could be 36. Doesn't even matter. But this is definitely one of the episodes where I really um, got a little bit more personal by sharing um, 
couple sessions that I went into therapy for and what causes therapy and not not what causes therapy, but what cause for me to go seek therapy and that sort of stuff. And, and it's funny enough, uh, when I look back and I even listen to it, uh, it's definitely one of my most personal even when I'm listening back to it, the way that I was speaking, I was really thinking it through. It's incredible. And uh, this is definitely one of the episodes where I got a lot of people to reach out to me. Uh, just checking up on me, make sure I'm good and things like that, which I am, by the way. Um, but listen to this one, man. This going to rock you a little bit. So this is uh, episode 36, Activated Therapy. to my pops back in the days about something and I was so hurt about it maybe I would have cried and things like that but even when I was telling my sister about it she was like yeah that's true I've really never seen you cry before so the first that's when my mind started to open up to certain things because for somebody not to know you and to assess that right away it's like I understand that I've been holding on to a lot of emotions so when you, whenever you feel like you're about to get there, you hold on. So I'm here to tell you, especially for you fellas out there, it is okay for us to feel how we feel, to cry, to laugh, to to feel hurt, to be heartbroken. All that stuff is, is normal, and it does not make us any lesser than or quote-unquote weak as society has put us to be in a sense. So therapy, to me, that was like the first time I went and... Walking away from therapy for my first session, I felt like a little bit of relief, a little bit clearer on how I was feeling, why I was feeling a certain way. Um, I'm very self-aware, which is what my therapist said. Like, I'm very in tune with what's going on. Um, I just got to dig a little deeper into maybe being vulnerable and letting these emotions happen to the full extent and not being a gatekeeper and holding back to the best of my ability. So when we talk about that and I was like, yo, this is good. I need to come back. So I scheduled again. I went back and I want to talk about another session that I had, which I had another break to. So the second time um, I went back to, um, for, for the situation for which I went initially, I went back to her and I told her, listen, I, I'm accepting what has taken place. She go, oh. I said, I'm accepting it because I went back and I was reading the conversation I was having this, with this person. And um, I told myself, she really, this person has really said everything that they meant to say. And, and it got to the point where I felt like she was, person was saying it over and over again, and I was missing the, the, I was I was missing that moment. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't paying attention to it to the full extent. So I went back and I read it, and one of the last conversation, or the last text, and I even saved it as a reminder. So whenever I feel an impulse, because the problem by feelings is the heart wants one thing and the mind wants another. So it's a constant it's a constant thing that you battling with. Day in and day out. And especially the worst is when you have some alone time. Um, that you get to kind of fill in the way. And the worst thing you could do is drink. Drink or smoke or whatever. Because whenever you do that, it takes you automatically to that state. So I try to, you know, I keep it sober as I possibly can. So, so I went back and I read and I told her, listen, 
I've not accepted what has taken place. I've not accepted that this really has nothing to do with me. It is not a mountain that I could move. It's not a gift that I could buy. It's not a word that I could say that would change the end result of what has taken place. So number one, what I need to do is to accept. And here's how this goes as deep as it goes because a lot of times we have not accepted what has taken place. And because of us not accepting that this things or life is happening, we are still caught up in, I'm trying to fix it. No, it's me. It's not you. It's not. Listen, for one time, for once in my life, I took a shot with the best intention behind it. And for the first time in my life ever, I could tell you that it didn't matter. The shot, the outcome was already set before that shot was taken. And honestly, it was a matter of time before it got to what it got. So once I've learned to accept that, I told myself that I need to get better, feel better, continue my life, handle what I've been doing, um, take this as a learning experience. And, you know, you take it on the chin and you go. And I even stopped telling myself Maybe in the future, blah, blah, blah. You know, this thing that you, you tell. I've fully, 100% have accepted this, and I told myself, cool, you good money, let's carry on. And once I told my therapist that, she seemed like she was very happy. Um, and then I also told her, like, so how long does these things, this feeling, how long does it last? She said, it could last a week, could last a month, could last a year. There's no telling when this thing is supposed to happen. But in the meanwhile, you need to go out and enjoy life. And as we got to talking more, one thing that really stuck with me is that she told me that I suppress my feelings a lot. And by suppressing these feelings, I've now became a master suppressor. What that means is that... You become so good at playing the game. Evil was good. Now nah, I'm good. I'm good money. How's life? Life is good, baby. Success. Success is here. I'm living it. Yo, I saw you on the show. You're killing it. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yo, your podcast is doing good. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm happy. But I'm happy in a very linear way. So being good at suppressing my feeling, which... I've not been aware that I have been is that when you, and I'm going to give you guys a metaphor. It's like when you go play bowling and you put up the gutter balls. So that means there's no way for you to hit a strike. I mean, not a strike. There's no way for your ball, the bowling ball to go into the gutters. So at the very worst, you might not even hit pins, but you should be able to hit a pin. Shit. You might even be able to hit a strike. Now, what that means is you're happy. Yeah, I hit a strike. Cool, we're good. Let's go, right? But, which is essentially what I've been doing. So I raise up the gutter balls. No chance for me to hit a gutter. Linear, I know I'm going to hit a pin. I'm going to be happy about the ability to hit a pin. 
Now, when you put down these gutter ball, these these whatever they call, uh, and there's a chance that you might hit a gutter ball, but you hit a strike. That feeling is probably a hundred times way more because you feel better. Like yo, I did that. I hit a strike with no help, pure skills or whatever it is. So you experience a very heightened emotion at that point. So because my guards has been up, I've been able to go through life on a very linear base where I'm not too happy and I'm not too sad. I'm enjoying life. I'm kicking it. But whenever uh, the meter um, raises or drops, it's there to stop me from feeling the absolute best or worst in any situation. Now, my therapist had told me that this is also part of life. You are supposed to feel very good and hopefully not many lows, but you're also supposed to feel some lows, which then allows you to feel very high. So this is why um, I used to make jokes about not being emotionally available. Though it was a joke, it was truly a reality because my conscious have downloaded this these parameters that because I've been suppressing things for so long, <coughs> I've not been able to go high, very high, or very low. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When she said that, it really clicked, and then everything makes sense, and I was just like, that's a fact. Now, here's why therapy is good, because in all the years that I've been talking to my friend, there's nobody that had been able to put it in that kind of light where I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe that's what's going on. You see what I mean? So in the few sessions that I've been going, uh, it's really helping me dig deep inside pain that I've felt throughout the years and really get to understand that these emotions, why they're there, uh, what's going on, being vulnerable, understanding why I feel a certain way. Uh, I'm not losing my mind, but I'm really exercising my mind. So it's like, you know, when you think about it, we go to the hospital, we get physicals. Um, we go to therapy, physiotherapy when we, you know what I mean, twist our ankles or hurt our back. Um, we go to, uh, for our eyes, we go get checkups. We go get our dental cleaning every six months, nine months, depending how good your insurance is. But we seem to forget the most important part of our human system, which is our brain. And our brains also need exercise, which is where psychotherapy comes in play. Um, and I know I've talked to, about it about to a couple of my friends, and they've seemed to be very enlightened. Because the conversation, me saying, yeah, I'm going to therapy, the first reaction I usually get, like, people laugh. Like, you? I was like, yeah, me. Like, what you mean? Everybody got this sense of idea, like, what you going to therapy for? Your life is amazing. And this is why I also understand that, like, we all going through something in life. The worst thing, the most... The worst thing we can do to ourselves is to ignore these things and let it build up because sometimes it does not allow us to progress in life. The lesson learned here is that in order for me to be good to this world, I need to personally get better so I can give my best and help out as much as I can in terms of even sharing information on on the podcast or or whatever it is. It's like we take care of everything else. You know what I'm saying? We go, we take our cars for uh, maintenance and all that stuff, but we seem to forget that our mind is our most important thing that we have, and 
when that starts to to trouble us. And uh, this is when people get into like deep, deep depression um, and things like that. And this thing, if you don't look after it, almost guaranteed only gets worse from that. So, you know what I mean? So, I wanted to really, truly share that. And I hope it makes sense for, the, for y'all listening in and, and trying to understand a little bit. Um, if you want to talk about anything, y'all can hit me up for sure. I'm open. I'm an open book. I might be able to even give you more details uh, off the podcast to, to, to whatever it is. Uh, reason why I haven't gotten into much deeper details is that I don't, I'm not sure that this information um, based on whoever I dealt with is like, I don't know if the, we want to get to that kind of details, but just to make y'all understand is like, this is where I'm at um, right now. Um, shit, I got a session tomorrow to go to and just getting better, you know what I mean, one uh one session at a time. You know what I mean? So so um All right, so that was activated therapy. And also in that episode um which I celebrated one year of the podcast, I got away um I gave away some some free merch uh to people that uh were able to 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 spread the word about the podcast by tagging their friends, following the pages. So much love and much appreciated. Definitely want to check that out. Um, yeah, probably one of the most, I don't know if it's the most, but a lot of people have definitely listened to and reached out after that. So thank y'all. So uh, final one we're going to get into. This has been hard. This has been hard because it's hard picking my favorite because I feel like every single one of them are my favorite. And maybe that's biased because obviously it's my podcast. I'm supposed to love it, but... Yeah, like I, looking back at it, I think uh, incredible things happen. And if you had the chance to witness this, for those of y'all that's been listening to it every week, uh, new ones that are still listening to it, or this is your first episode, it gave, it really gives you a glimpse of things I like to talk about um, and, you know, kind of like the range of topics that we talk about. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not all about relationships. It's not all about, you know what I mean? It's just us learning things through the podcast, which I, which I, I truly enjoy. Now, the next one, which is the final one, um, more recent podcast that I did. Shout out to Cola. Um, she wrote a book about encounter. Um, she'd been raped four times, and the first time was by a group of men, um, about six, seven of them. I can't even really remember. Uh, neither can she in terms of an exact number, but it was by a group of men. And um, from the beginning of the podcast, we set the tone, but... Not to be scared, because I know a lot of people are like, yo, I don't know if I can listen to it. This sounds heavy. Uh, I did my best to to try to relay a message or, or to at least get her to open up to share with us. And I know a lot of times in the podcast I was laughing, but I wasn't laughing because, but it was like this awkward thing. And I'm like, what should I do now? Like, because to me, it felt so intense. Uh, my only reaction to it was to laugh. But I wasn't trying to laugh at I know I listened back to her like, damn, why was I laughing so damn much? Ain't shit funny about the story. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh yeah, that that would be I think I will end the the, the top ten uh, favorite podcasts. So however we label in this, best of twenty eighteen, uh, we're gonna end it with the cola story. Uh, I was right for a time and I want y'all to 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 hear a little bit of how we started the podcast, how we set the tone, and then I will be back uh to wrap things up. And it like it caught my attention right away. 
Um, so I wanted to write it down just to make sure I don't butcher it because I didn't want to. <laughs> I'm sitting in front of you. Wrote the book. You're like, what you mean? That's not what I said. Um, so it says May 2003. I was in eighth grade and I was 14 at the time. A group of guys noticed me. A group of guys raped me. They took my virginity and left me with scars. I've lived this long to be able to share my story. Mm-hmm. Now, 14, your, was that your first encounter? Uh, your sexual encounter? Yes. That was the first time? Yes. And the first time experiencing sex, you get raped by a group of guys, a group of men. Correct. Like, how, does, how do you feel about that? Like, even like me reading this excerpt from your book, like, do you feel anything at this point? Or even if you have to, like, put your plate, put yourself in that place, um, how you were, how does that make you feel? Yeah, like, sometimes when I look back on it, I'm just like, damn, shit, that happened, that happened right? Yeah. Um, at the time, yeah, it was kind of messed up, but I was more focused on just surviving. I was more focused on, like, nobody finding out and just keeping a secret than I was, like, that was my first experience, you know? Now that I'm older looking back, I'm like, that kind of sucks. Like, people talk about their first time and all these, like, I don't know, all these R&B movies. <laughs> <laughs> I had to slow jam in the back. Exactly. Just... And for me, I'm like, it was never like that. No, like, none of, none of my experiences were like that, really, truly. And so, um, being older now... I think now I'm just like, hey, I wonder what that would experience would be like. You feel like, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and do you recall? Because you say a group of guys, do you actually recall how many in, in actuality? Like, was it? Mm, no, I don't. I think I believe it was at least six, but it could have been more. I know it was at yeah. least six. But, That's, yeah. So I'm reading. So I'm reading a book, right? Yeah. And, and I just want to set it up because this book is very. It's incredible. So I'm reading, it and then it, it, I think it it start with you saying you're at the bottom of the stairs. Um, well, it don't start, but like this yeah. is where this thing's starting to happen, yeah. and then like literally people were making their way down and like taking turns mm-hmm. at you. Mm-hmm. Um, and this happened in Toronto. Uh, what neighbor was that in Rexdale? In Rexdale, right? yeah. Um, Whatever happened to those guys? Like, do you are they still around now in present time or I actually I have no clue and um I don't remember who they are. So if I saw them on the street I wouldn't know. You wouldn't know who they are. No. Nope. I could pass them, I could interact with them, and I would have no clue that this is who they were. My mind is completely like blanked out that section of it. So I don't and what's interesting is I'm really good with faces. If I see a face, I know mm-hmm. a face. Yeah. But their faces completely wiped out. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And do you, are you able to, dis- so I'm even forgetting now, I haven't read the book, but like, was it all like, that? these guys, was it like, because I know some of it you're talking about was like sexual, it mm-hmm. was oral, it was, was it actually like penetration happening? Like were people taking turns in this? Yeah, there was anal um, penetration, there was oh, oral, and there was only one time that it was vaginal. Just one guy. Okay. Um, but the rest of them were anal and oral. <laughs> yeah. That is crazy. Oh wow. Okay. Um Yeah, I'm trying I'm 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 just trying to like what the hell was what what do you think was going through their mind? Like what 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 would Um, I feel like the the first guy that I spoke to who we kinda 
fooled around. Like, I don't even know. The situation was kind of weird. Um, I feel like kind of saying yes to him or not really, like, whatever that situation was, the rest of them felt like they, I had given permission to all of them to do whatever they wanted. Right. Um, when that wasn't the case, I didn't even know who they were or that they even existed, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and especially not for no anal. Like, I was 14. I didn't even know what that was at the time. Like, what what was that, you know? I, I had no clue what that was. Yeah. Um, but for them, that's just, that's the way that they wanted to do it. They just wanted to go right. Yeah, I'm almost. I don't even want to make a joke out of it, but like, that that is a that is a. I don't. (laughs) Do you know how old these guys were? Do you have an Um, an idea? An idea. Well, the first guy he told me he was 18. By the end of it, he told me he was 24. So roughly between 18 and 24 is the age group that they were. And you were 14. I was 14. I looked older, but yeah, I was 14. Um. How important is this story that you wrote about in your book? Um, how important is it for the world to be aware of this um, in your perspective? Like, uh, you, know, you know what? It's, it's very important. I think the more that I talk about it, the more that people get a copy of it, is the more that I'm understanding how important it is. For me, I'm just like, it's just my story. I'm just telling it. Mm-hmm. For other people, it's life-shifting. It's life-changing. It's like a wake-up, a reality that this stuff actually happens. Um, I know there's a, there's a group of guys that I work with. Um, I volunteer at one of the jails in Toronto, and so I built a program out of it. And so we're discussing the topics, and for them, they're like, this doesn't happen. They're like, this stuff doesn't happen. This stuff doesn't happen in Rexdale. Like, I don't know what you're talking about, you know? And so for them to read it and then to see me here as a living proof of it happening yeah. is kind of like messing with their minds. So um, even for like, it's funny because I wrote the book and when I was trying to put it or when I was putting it on Amazon, they asked me for the age group. And um, I'm like, whoa, this is definitely not a young adults book. This is definitely an adult book. But all of this happened in my young adult years. Yeah. So it's even more important for those kids youth who don't want to talk to their parents or who don't know how to talk to their parents right. to be able to read something that they can relate with and figure out how to overcome it or how to deal with it. So, yeah, it's very important. Um, and, and as you were talking, I'm, I'm just thinking, because I also, um, I had a podcast earlier on, I think this was, this was last year, actually, when I recently started, about a group of young lady that started a program to help uh, young rape victims. Um, I think anywhere from the age of 13 to about early 20s Mm. so they went out and I commend them for that because these are a lot of things that really happen and then we kind of like don't pay attention to where we're and we and even like some of our behavior as young as younger guys were like what we're doing was reckless like I could remember us uh, going to Caribana Mm -hmm. and then uh, my friends used to do this thing where we used to like line up against the wall so like one row in the front, one row in the in between the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. So any girl that walked through there, um, they would like smack her ass. Mm. Now I've never like me personally. That's just never been my thing. So I used to <laughs> like I used to look around like, okay, this is. It, it didn't feel right to me, so I never did it. And I right. think a lot of times too, like growing up, I used to get into it with guys because I I didn't do things like I would. I had a limit. I was like, uh. It's a little too far, so yeah. I'm gonna let that one go. You guys could deal with it, and I wasn't, um, I won't partake in that. But if you, how how often, and this might be just guesswork, um, how if you had to like classify 
how many people like you do you think they are in the, in in the vicinity perhaps that's even like in the, in the city like Toronto um I believe like do you, do you get a lot of people saying to you like yo like this exact thing happened to me or sim- some similarities yeah um just the rape alone not, not necessarily gang rape but just rape alone um i think i have i know at least six women so i know what's prevalent i know what happens often i know mm-hmm. it's like one in four i think the, the stats are something like that like wow. it happens a lot more than people actually want to acknowledge you know so it's yeah it's out there and like with the whole Me Too movement and all this stuff coming yeah. out, now it's just coming to fruition what's been happening. Yeah. Not a lot of people talk about it. A lot of people like to swipe it under the rug, but it, it's a thing. And like the thing is, the shame is so big that we don't even know how to handle it or how to talk about it. I remember, because um, I do poems, I do poetry, spoken word. I have this yeah. one poem based on uh, surviving sexual assault. And... Um, one of my mentors at the time said, okay, I mean, it's good. You wrote about it. You spoke about it. Great. What else can you do? We've heard that before. Like, try something new. And I was just like, whoa, that's so interesting that you feel like, because you're tired of hearing about it, that other people don't need to hear about it. There's, like, so many new people. <laughs> like, okay, we, right? we're tired of you complaining. <laughs> like, it's almost like, sound like somebody's complaining. Yeah. yeah and as I'm like, it's not even a complaint. I'm letting people know what yeah. actually happened. And there's a lot of people who need to hear it. And as I meet more new people, what I forget is it's always going to be new to somebody right. that's new to me. You know, it's, it's, it's maybe old to the people around me who are, like, tired of hearing about it, but there's always somebody else who needs to hear it who hasn't heard it and who hasn't heard it in the way that I got to say it, so. Yeah, yeah, so that was it for me, man. And shout out to Cola, like I'm saying, for coming through, pulling up on a podcast. And uh, funny enough, after the podcast, and I'm doing a part two once I finish reading the book. Guys, she does have a book, so if you truly want to support the story... Um, Go on Activated Podcast page, and then I'll put the link on there. I'm not going to butcher it because I can't remember on top of my head. Uh, but please go ahead, Incredible Story. So once I finish with the book, the book is about 600 pages. Um, I'm two-thirds of the way um, completed. So once I'm finished, I'm inviting her back, and we're going to do a part two. And Because I'm curious to see how the story ends and kind of understand... Um, a little bit more about her. So this is the thing I like to do, man. And, and I know uh, also I, I also want to have notable mention before I get into it, but this is really the balance that I'm trying to strike as far as the podcast is that we could talk shit and then we might also learn some. And then when people are going through incredible stories or going through things, um, when I feel inspired, I'd really like to share with the world. So also notable mention um, to one that I did and shout out to Josine and Delta for pulling through. It's called doing God's work. Um, the only reason why I didn't use that in the clip because one of the mic was messed up, and this is me learning to record three, four mics at the same time. So I fucked it up. Um, you can still hear the podcast, but the third mic wasn't on, so it was picking up from the other two mics. Um, so shout out to them. They also were doing incredible work as far as opening up. I think they started a group that helps young rape victims and things of that nature. Uh, another notable mention was for me when I got to pull up on G98.7, uh, which is an urban commercial radio station here in Toronto. I got invited, shout out to MC Bondé, and I went there and did an interview. And I also have the full video on YouTube if you want to check it out. And also, um, I took the clip from that and then I released as a podcast. So shout out to y'all to listen to it. I appreciate that. That was also probably one of the top uh, moment for me in 2018 is actually going on commercial radio and get to promote my podcast 
um, as far as where it started to where it was. Um, I also wasn't able to put out, I got the Afrofest episode and all that good. I mean, I really trying to challenge myself by keeping it down to 10. But honestly, like I'm saying, the order of these clips that I put out could go in any order, really. Uh, it could be flipped the other way around. And so, you know, but I really wanted to give you all a glimpse of the progression of the podcast, where we at right now, what I'm doing, how we started, and then if you truly enjoy it, um, many, many more content to come out as far as 2019. We are hitting the ground running. But like all great things, man, I need some time away from the whole situation just because it's holidays and I want everybody to, I actually want to enjoy my holidays. I want to take some time off, do nothing. Um, I'm activating my trap phone. My trap phone only allows me to text and call. Um, that is one of the challenges that I'm giving myself. I'm also going to be reading. I got three books that I bought and I want to finish these three books within 10 to 15 days. Uh, I think I'm off however long, I think two weeks, whatever. And, um, yeah, notable mention to uh, God's work. Uh, I give y'all the episode number. That was episode 22. If you didn't get the chance, go check it out. Uh, Reconnected at 29. This is post my birthday. There's some great stuff in there. So before we go, number one, I want to leave y'all with a, with a quote that I came across. And this shit hit home. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to save this. And I'm going to share it with y'all. Now. Before I get into that, number one, I want to thank y'all for continuously support the podcast. Those that always have been listening, I love y'all for it. New listener, welcome. Shit gets better from here. And you really got to a time where shit was actually cooking. So thank y'all, new old supporters. I love y'all for that. And, um, and I hope that your 2018 was as insightful as hopefully you, you, you've accomplished a lot or you feel like you have and if you have not, listen, as long as you're alive and you're still breathing, guess what? You have a chance to make things right. So don't let that get into your psyche and, and get you thrown off your game. I'm sure you've done some incredible things. Sometimes we just got to look a little bit deeper. But besides all of that, man, as long as you've been enjoying life to the best of your ability, then you really did everything you were supposed to do, right? So... Um, and I know I'm trying to motivate you, but at the same time, man, life is just as simple as it is. And I know a lot of times we get into it, uh, you don't relate. You ain't got, we ain't got the same problem. We all think our life is harder than the next person, but trust me, everybody feels it the same way. So it doesn't matter what everybody else is going through. Um, the thing is, we all feel hardship the same exact way, which is funny enough, right? Um, last thing. This is how I want to wrap up 2018. The most important lesson that I learned over this past year is that don't let anybody make you cruel. No matter how badly you want to give the world a taste of his own bitter medicine, it is never worth losing yourself in the process. That being said, happy new year, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to those of y'all that celebrate it. Merry Christmas to those of y'all that don't celebrate it but still get gifts. Uh, make sure you hug your family. Love everybody. Um, and honestly, man, I, I wish y'all much more success in the new year as well. So, um, Mr. Activated officially deactivated for 2018. We will reactivate 2019. Um, but, you know what I mean? I love y'all for real. So, thanks again for tuning in. This is Deactivated Podcast, your boy Ebu. And for 2018, best of 2018, y'all have officially been activated. Peace. <laughs>